All right. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris. Next, who I've got on the show with me right now, he's got a new album called Behind the Veil of Light, which released on May 9th. Right now, I'm being joined by Jonah to share some stories about the music and share more info about what he's got going on. So, Jonah, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Absolutely great to have you on. We're now being joined by my beautiful assistant engineer, Gabriel. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well. Above the BS. (laughs) Groovy. All right, coming back from the track, Above the Abyss. And, I mean, I think probably you're one of the most unique artists I've had on this show because, um... You're mixing some styles that I don't think are necessarily. Uh, what, what am I looking for? It's an incredibly unique sound, but I just I, I really dig it. I'm trying to think of how to describe it. Um, <laughs> and then the other aspect of it too, I think I read somewhere that what I'm thinking I'm hearing is distorted guitars, or actually not guitars at all. Yeah, that's that's correct. Um, so all the guitars are really actually a. Moog Sub 37 uh, synthesizer played through uh, high gain amp modeling software. Wow. Okay. So take us take us through that. Like, what was the 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 genesis of uh, this project? Um. So yeah. I mean, I've been composing music for a while now. I went to school for that, and uh, maybe around like 2015 or 2016, like the whole synthwave movement was in really full swing, especially like. Dark synth wave, dark synth stuff like Perturbator and Carpenter Brute and, you know, Dance with the Dead and things like that. And I was I was really inspired by that sound. Um, but my kind of background is more like metal and video game music. So in my attempt to write synth wave, I kind of ended up just sort of mixing and mashing my metal influences together with that synth wave sound, plus a lot of video gamey sounding stuff as well. <laughs> Some metal wave. Metal wave, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I've been calling it synth metal, but there's not really a name for the genre yet, I guess. And that's true, because the thing I was, I was listening to is, okay, so it's combining synth wave, but it sounds like metal, but it's not actually guitars, but it sounds like guitars. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, something I'm sure you know from, was it actual music or was it like audio production that you went to school for? Um, I actually doubled majored in both uh, composition and recording arts, so a little bit of both. Cool. So then, I guess, even though it seems incredibly unique, what you're doing with the the Moog Sub-37, basically it's filling the same harmonic mid-range that the distorted guitars in metal would be doing anyway. Right, yeah, it's just filling that role. Cool. I guess my next question is, how did you come to that or why was it specifically the sub 37 i mean was it just tinkering around or how did that thing how did that happen yeah so um it was a couple of things so i didn't start with the sub 37 like when i first started the project i was working all with like in the box digital synths like a uh, silent and massive and things like that um and the uh i was partially inspired by this artist uh master boot record I don't know if you've heard of them, but they do like this guy does uh, kind of chip tuney metal, and he has this sort of really distorted sound that I think he made on Massive or something like that that he's using to make metal tracks. And so I was kind of partially inspired by that. And then, then also it was just like sort of a practical sort of thing. Like I didn't really have a very good guitar or a good amp or anything at the time, 
So uh, I wanted to be able to sequence things in, and I just, you know, it all kind of worked out. It's like I liked the idea aesthetically of having like a synthesizer guitar, and it also just kind of for practical considerations, it worked better with my setup at the time. So I uh, I wrote this the the starting EP, and that was maybe like four tracks. And after that released, I decided I was going to build up a big like collection of like analog synths. And so it just kind of turned out that the Sub 37 is, is one of the first ones that I got. And it sounded really, really good through the, the metal amplifier, like way better than the sound that I had before. So I, uh, I went with that. Very cool. So eventually you did pick up a metal amp of some sort then. Um, I actually just bought uh, a PV6505 uh, a couple weeks ago, but it's like stuck in an endless loop with UPS. I actually am using... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's been like two weeks, so they said they were going to deliver it like last Wednesday or something like that, but uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. But anyway, I, I've been using uh, this plugin called TH3, which sounds obviously really, really good. Um, yeah, and that, that's what I've been using for the uh, the metal sounds. Cool. Now, Something that you kind of went on to describe there was, you know, coming up with a, a few songs in the very beginning, and then we've got this album here. So coming back to Above the Abyss, was what you wanted the album to sound like already there when you were working on Above the Abyss, or was there a certain point where you stumbled upon what you wanted to craft? Um, so Above the Abyss is one of the last songs that I wrote for the album. So uh, I kind of had already sort of established my sound. I had kind of like built up this collection of different synthesizers. Um, so I uh, I did kind of have already like the sound of the album set when I, when I wrote that song. Um, I did kind of add some new and kind of different things like as I said, I was like buying a bunch of different like analog synths. And so that track has like six or something different analog synths all over it. So I, you know, there are some new sounds that I was kind of experimenting with after I had kind of played around with ideas before. Yeah. Now, when it comes to the track above the abyss itself, what is the abyss? And I guess, why are we above it? Is it a good thing that we're above the abyss? Yeah, it's it's generally a good thing to be above the abyss, although <laughs> not until you're ready for it, you know. But uh, uh, no, it's it's a reference to, to like occultism, basically. It's like a metaphysical stage of evolution like that that's uh, associated with a high degree of enlightenment or advancement. OK, I mean, mm -hmm. that would that sounded great. You should keep talking about that. Uh, to keep talking. Uh, uh, well, I mean, like, is it a so, concept that relates to the album by any means? Um, so, uh, to be completely honest, um, the album had all working titles for all of the songs uh, <laughs> up until about a week before I released it. Um, and I happened to be really interested in uh, like occultism and uh, like Aleister Crowley and Thelema and things like that. So it just kind of provides a very uh, fertile ground for coming up with song titles um so like that the album cover for example is based off a, a tarot card it's the high priestess from the thoth tarot deck that was created by alistair crowley and later Frida uh frita harris um and so like the priestess kind of sits in this place of like oh gosh it's it's a very complicated thing but it's like uh uh, the abyss is kind of what separates like this sort of abstract realm of like spiritual absoluteness from reality, and the priestess kind of sits above that abyss. 
So it does kind of relate to, I guess, the theme of the album art of Behind the Veil of Light is also a similar allusion to that, like, sort of archetypal area above reality. Yeah, because with a lot of the track titles, you mentioned they, they kind of came into play more so, more or less so, you know, just before the album was released. But as I was looking at the track titles and looking at the album artwork, I was wondering if there's some sort of, I don't know, a spiritual concept album of sorts. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be again, to be honest, like when I was writing the music, it was kind of just pure musical creativity that. Uh, you know, I had these musical ideas I was working with, but, you know, I tried to, with the with the art and with the album and song titles, kind of create a uni- more unified theme of, like, tying back to that sort of, you know, my personal spiritual kind of beliefs. Very cool. All right. Well, let's go listen to the next track. In the Name of Baphomet. In the Name of Baphomet. All right. Coming back from the track in the name of Baphomet, which starts off in a very, I don't know if I want to call it, it's not droney, but it's definitely, yeah, um, yeah lo-fi, I dig the lo-fi thing, like I listen to a lot of uh, lo-fi jazz when I'm just, you know, cooking or, or, or whatever, kind of like background music, and I just love the way, you know, they uh, are able to work that, and I thought it was really cool that you did a lot of... Um, I'm I'm calling it lo-fi. Maybe it, maybe it has something else, but at least on Spotify they call it lo-fi lo-fi jazz playlist. Uh, okay. Um, but anyway, in the name of Baphomet, who is Baphomet? Uh, Baphomet is well, okay. It's uh, it's an image you've probably seen. I don't know. If, uh, it's like a it's like a goat guy with his arms, and he's like pointing one up with one hand and down with the other hand. Like a lot of people misclassify Baphomet as being Satan, but. Baphomet is not exactly the same thing as Satan. Uh, it's kind of a symbol of like the entire universe, I guess. Uh, like there's a reference to like the Greek god Pan, who is a goat or sort of satyr sort of guy. Um, but he's also sort of a, a symbol of the fusion of both male and female. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. I can easily see why people would be like Satan. Yeah, it looks it looks very much like Satan because the Christian Church, you know, kind of took the god Pan and turned it into their Satan to kind of like vilify pagans. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and then celebrate pagan. Ho- we'll go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> and then yeah, put all of their holidays on pagan holiday dates. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Beautiful. All right. Now, I guess going back to the the soundscape that you had created within the name of Baphomet. It sounds like a different soundscape than Above the Abyss. So I guess take us through that. What went into crafting some of the sounds that show up between the two tracks? Yeah, for sure. Um, so like the the In the Name of Bathment, that one, I kind of like the idea I had going into it is I wanted to create something that sounded a little bit like like symphonic black metal, like something like a like a Dimmu Borgir or Old Man's Child. It didn't really end up being that, but, uh, you know, I kind of... You know, throughout the album, there's a lot of these like high intensity parts, and I wanted a bit of contrast. So that's why we kind of have that kind of like slow atmospheric opening that's more focused on the different sounds of the different synthesizers. Like, there, I think the lo fi element that you're kind of identifying is the, the main like patch that's like a sort of keyboardy sort of thing I'm doing on a Prophet 6, and it's got like a lot of detuning to the sound so it's kind of going in and out of pitch and it's got like a like a heavy filter all over it that's probably 
you know, what you're identifying as that lo-fi sound. So I was just kind of creating this sort of ambient sort of build up to like that big part where the guitars come in and it's like loud and heavy and then kind of moving into like a kind of black metal-y sort of part, you know, and you got like blast beats and stuff like that. Um, and then moving into a more melodic part that's almost, that's got these, you know, kind of pretty chords. And eventually as everything builds up, I'm bringing in like pianos and, you know, things that are making it, a, giving it a bit more of a symphonic sort of sound. Yeah, very cool stuff. It's funny, as you're mentioning all these synthesizers, I'm quickly doing a, a Google search and taking a look at them. Yeah. Because uh, I know nothing about since I recently watched an Armin Van Buren masterclass, so I now understand at least some of the plugins that you're you're chatting about. Um, yeah, because he uses yeah. a lot of silence and and uh, massive and yeah. No, they're they're really great modern synths. I specifically kind of chose to go with the the analog synths for like you know for aesthetic reasons. There's a different sort of sound. To, to analog synths that's a bit more organic. Nothing, not, I mean, there's nothing wrong with digital synths. It's just, I think for this project, I, I wanted to work with some more analog hardware. Yeah, absolutely. And then I was reminded of the Isotope Vinyl plugin, if you're familiar with that. That is actually used on uh, Divine Madness on this album. I use that for that lo-fi section in the middle of that. <laughs> One thing, I watch a producer on YouTube, and he uses... Isotope Final. He used it for his Drake song from Scorpion. Mm, cool. Oh. <laughs> his very. name is Simon Servita. Oh, Simon Servita. Interesting. Yeah, very cool stuff. All right, now, if you dug the two tracks above the abyss and in the name of Baphomet, then you'll be super excited to know that on May 9th came a full album called Behind the Veil of Light. And I guess my big honking question is... Well, first of all, congratulations, because at the time of recording this, that was maybe a week ago? Yes. Thank you. You are quite welcome. So I guess first thing is, what's it like finally releasing it? How's the reaction been? Um, it feels really great. Uh, honestly, this is my first full-length album that I've released at all. Um, so it's uh, it's a major life accomplishment for me. It's something I've always wanted to do. So it feels really, really good to have that done. Um, you know, at, so far I, I'm not really too well known yet, so there the response is limited. But what I have gotten is mostly overwhelmingly positive response. Everybody seems to really, really enjoy it. I've gotten a few reviews, and they've all been very, very positive. So I'd say, yeah, the response is going quite well. Cool. Now. When it comes to the album, these two tracks that we we sampled today, Above the Abyss and In the Name of Baphomet, is that essentially what we should expect when we pick up the album? Um, yes, although I do try to tend to use not really the same sound for every song, so you will definitely find some very different kinds of material uh, on songs like, you know, Divine Madness is like, God, a very, like... Uh, compound meter sort of feel to it that's got some kind of more i don't know almost like stoner doomy sort of riffs in the middle um this, you're gonna find like a lot of variety throughout the whole album for sure but the same sort of core sound of like the distorted synth guitars with the analog synths and like the very highly melodic style that's that's all going to be consistent okay very cool stuff. Now, something else that I thought was kind of interesting that was sort of an undertone uh, throughout how we were chatting about the album is 
uh, or at least how I perceived it anyway, is that you set out to do something and ended up with something else, but it seems so incredibly beautiful, it's almost hard to describe it as, as an accident. So I was just kind of curious, you know, take us through <laughs> what what you set out to do, what, what's been accomplished, and I guess more importantly, how you feel about you know, what you're holding in your arms now. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a very good way of putting it. That tends to honestly be how a lot of the things I write end up going. And, you know, it used to bother me before where it's like, oh, well, I want to write this. And then I came up with something completely different. But at this point, um, I just kind of embrace it. You know, I, I set out with one idea and then whatever I get usually turns out to be pretty good, although not <laughs> not what I originally intended. Um, yeah, you know, like what I, as I mentioned before, you know, with this project, what I initially wanted to do was just some like basic, like synth wave sort of music, but, you know, just because of, you know, my, the way that I tend to write music and like my background in like completely different styles, um, I just ended up putting all of these other elements into it to the point where it's like barely really recognizable as synth wave at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, with the, with the new album, like, you know, there was the first EP, which was like, that was the initial result, which was, you know, it's like, okay, I went for Synthwave and got this instead. Um, and then the n album is just, was just kind of meant to be that, but, you know, better production, longer songs, long, like a full album. And I guess, you know, in that regard, it did it did turn out to be kind of what I wanted it to. I think, you know, I have the best results when I kind of try to set aside my expectations. Like, I've definitely had problems before where I get too focused on trying to create one particular kind of thing. And then it just kind of, like, turns into this, like, really constipated, like, creative process where I just can't get anything done because it's not exactly what I want. So I think when I kind of just try to let go of my expectations and let whatever comes out come out, that that tends to create the best results yeah let that light flow through you yes beautiful groovy all right well jonah unless there's anything that you wanted to chat about that i did not bring up um this episode will air probably about a month from now uh so, okay. so i don't know if you have any news that's uh, probably still quarantine applicable hopefully we're yeah we're, you know <laughs> No, I'm I'm still just stuck inside. Might do some like YouTube videos, but uh, I'm like working on some cover songs. Uh, yeah, but that's about it. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me.